the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Once again, eight minutes, now nine minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 26th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. I hope you had a wonderful, blessed, celebratory Christmas, and uh, I hope your heart is still filled with the joy of that celebration, and uh, and I hope it continues. We talked about this in the first hour. I hope it wasn't interrupted by fighting by debating that turned into heated de- de- debating and and perhaps worse than that over the issue of politics. The White House gave you the ammunition if it did happen. They sent you that, and I'm going to keep reminding you to go to snowflakevictory.com if you need it. The White House sent that out yesterday uh, to a lot of people, and I shared it with as many people as I could. In the event that politics did interrupt your Christmas celebrations, White House, or excuse me, um, SnowflakeVictory.com, complete with all kinds of ammunition, how to win political debates with your relatives at the holidays. So uh, really great information there, but I really do hope that um, you manage to avoid that stuff for at least a day or two. Today, however, we are back at it fighting over the presidency of Donald Trump and whether or not it should be allowed to continue, whether or not Nancy Pelosi is doing, as the president says, a tremendous disservice to the country by holding the impeachment hearings, having the uh, articles drafted, and then refusing to send them to the United States Senate. Uh, So we're talking about that. And then we're also talking about, on the day after Christmas, what it means to be a Christian. According to the editors at Christianity Today... That might mean something a little bit different than what you were raised with. Christianity Today was founded by Billy Graham. It has since morphed into something very, very different, widely described as a left-leaning political magazine, much more than a magazine uh, meant to inspire um, uh, the faith in others. 
Uh, and they have decided, did Christianity Today, that President Trump should be removed from office because of his moral shortcomings and their evaluation that he is guilty of the um, uh, abuse of power alleged by Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, and House Democrats. Joining us now to respond to that is Dr. Everett Piper, who is a regular Thursday guest. He is a best-selling author. He is the former president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is also a columnist now for the Washington Times. And Dr. Piper has written a response to Christianity Today that I would like him to share with us. Dr. Piper, I wish you a belated, very Merry Christmas and upcoming a very wonderful, happy, prosperous New Year year how are you sir i'm doing great bob and same to you you know my favorite uh christmas passage that i tweeted and uh facebooked yesterday is out of the chronicles of narnia the lion the witch in the wardrobe where father christmas comes upon the scene and he says um winter is melting the witch's spell is weakening aslan is on the move long live the true king and isn't that true long live I love it. the true king I love it. That is wonderful. <laughs> that is a beautiful, beautiful passage. I like it. Dr. Piper, um, I want to get two things here from you um, in response to this Christianity Today article. Um, you and I spoke last week about your own regret uh, of your stand or stance on Donald Trump back when he was candidate Trump in 2015 and 2016. You admitted to me on this program and explained in some great depth why you were wrong uh, to oppose Donald Trump then and why you're right to support him now. Now here comes Christianity Today saying you and other evangelicals are wrong to support him now. And as a matter of fact, they took the, um, not in this editorial, but in your, one of your response, and we'll talk about the letter that was sent by yourself and about 200 other signatories, they describe and insult you as, quote, evangelicals who often haven't finished college, and if they have jobs, and apparently most of them don't, they're blue-collar jobs or entry-level work, which of course is terrible to be a blue collar worker in, in in the united states today and to be not educated at the most elite uh intellectual um uh, and liberal indoctrination centers but uh so dr piper you responded in your own article in the washington times and you and about 200 other prominent evangelicals responded in unison in a letter to christianity today and i'll let you kind of pick and choose which of those you want to talk about and uh and, and give us that response let me deal with my article in the Washington Times first, where basically I'm uh, the the subtitle of it. I was wrong in 2016, and so is Christianity Today wrong today. In other words, Christianity Today and Mark Galley, the uh, senior editor, outgoing senior editor for Christianity Today, who penned this anti-Trump piece calling for his immediate removal, mm-hmm. they're wrong. And I was wrong in two, 2016 in like manner. Because in 2016, um, I was against Trump, and I spoke uh, aggressively accordingly against him. I said I would not sell my soul. I would not sell my soul to have Donald Trump speak on my campus, his unbiblical behavior in summary, to make my column back then very short and brief today. I basically was saying that because he was guilty of unbiblical behavior, and that he was boastful about that unbiblical behavior that I would not welcome on my, him on my Christian college campuses, and I would not vote for him. I was wrong. How so? For the same reason that Christianity today is wrong now. The reason I was wrong is because Donald Trump has proven himself to be a defender of religious liberty. He has proven himself to be a defender of our sovereign borders. 
he's proven himself to be a defender of our youngest infant's right to live. He has proven himself to be a defender of a woman's right to have her own bathroom and to have her own dignity and to have her own identity honored legally and technically by the federal government and by our culture at large. Donald Trump has proven himself to be something I did not expect him to be. In much the same way that Constantine proved himself to be totally unexpected back in 311 A.D. Constantine was a pagan emperor. His predecessor, Diocletian, was guilty of executing Christians on pikes and on crosses for sport. Diocletian educated and trained Constantine to follow him in like manner. For whatever reason, Constantine legalized Christianity. He patted the church on the head and he released it to do its good work. Am I arguing that Constantine was one of us? No. Am I arguing that Constantine was pure as the driven snow? Absolutely not. He was guilty of executing his own wife and his own son after he legalized Christianity. Constantine was a pagan. He did some bad things. But I'm grateful for Constantine because he showed the Church favor. He released religious freedom to do its good work. He allowed the body of Christ to flourish, and thus Western Europe was saved from the fate of the Ottoman Empire later on, and we have Western civilization as we know it today. I'm grateful for Constantine, and Mark Galley and Christianity Today should be likewise grateful for Constantine today. And they're wrong about Donald Trump, as was I, and they need to admit it. I love that analogy. You made that comparison last week uh, a little bit as well to Constantine. And then, of course, you wrote about it uh, in the Washington Times article. That one is perfect. I'm going to use this as a natural break here before we talk about your and the rest of the, and I don't know who actually did the writing or the typing, in the letter to the president of Christianity today, Mr. D- or Dr. Dalrymple. But I want to po- uh, pivot to that on the other side of this break, Dr. Piper, and uh, get your summary sketch of what was uh, said to Mr. Galley at all at Christianity Today. Right after this, continue with uh, Dr. Everett Piper. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The Answer. Okay, 1019 as we continue. we got some extra time now with Dr. Piper. Thank you to our uh, producer, Andrew, for moving some things around for us. I want to share just a short passage from the letter written by 200 evangelicals, prominent evangelicals, of which our guest Dr. Piper is one, who responded to Christianity Today, saying in part, We are in fact not far-right evangelicals, as characterized by the author. Rather, we are Bible-believing Christians and patriotic Americans who are simply grateful that our president has sought our advice as his administration has advanced policies that protect the unborn, promote religious freedom, reform our criminal justice system, contribute to strong working families through paid family leave, protect the freedom of conscience, prioritize parental rights, and ensure that our foreign policy aligns with our values while making our world safer, including through our support of the state of Israel. That's a short portion of the letter written by Dr. Piper and others. Dr. Piper, let me ask you this. How did this come about? Who organized 200 prominent evangelicals to get together and put this response to Christianity Today together? I actually received a letter from a friend of mine who's actually a co-signatory on that letter asking if I wanted my signature on it. I read Mm -hmm. it and I said, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say exactly who the person is that penned it or not. Needless to say, regardless of who wrote it, we all agreed with it, so any one of us could have written it, and we signed it accordingly. 
Um, so here's, here is the point we're making. Mark Golly and Christianity Today is treating us as if we're some bastard children within the family and we're an embarrassment to Christianity. And this is very irritating to us as well as millions of other people. It's not just 200 people that signed this thing. In fact, I would argue, and I'm probably a little guilty of being hyperbolic here, I argued in one of my tweets that it represents 200 million people, not just 200, because we're sick and tired of elitists uh, talking down to us and treating treating us as deplorables, treating us as, quote-unquote, aliens in their midst. Who, who is that a quote from? Mark Galley himself. The Christianity Today editor-in-chief back in 2016 wrote a piece that actually said, who are these people that voted for President Trump? I don't know any evangelicals that voted for President Trump. I can't imagine who these people are. We are shocked to find within our own family aliens in our midst, people who actually voted for this man. And then he went on, Galley himself, the Christianity Today editor, said this, I consider myself to be an elite evangelical. These other people are blue-collar folks that if they have jobs, they're guilty of working in the blue-collar class. How insulting, how demeaning, we're sick of it, we're tired of it, this uh, thinly veiled language that isn't even all that thinly veiled, which is telling us that we're too stupid to have a voice at the table, is enough's enough. We're tired of it, and actually, we're voting for Trump for good reasons. For good reasons. Not because we agree with every decision he's make and made, and not because we believe that the man is a moral exemplar in every way. He's not. But because we're grateful for the things that he has protected and we're grateful for the fact that he has defended our right to be conservatives and to be traditionalists within the American system without being attacked at every turn by the federal government. Dr. Piper, I think you're right. It isn't really even thinly veiled at all, saying that you don't deserve a, a, a place at this table or a, or a voice in this conversation uh, because you're too stupid to know any better. In fact, he referenced that in 2016, um, the, the fact that these people often haven't finished college. So in other words, you're uneducated if you haven't gone to the indoctrination centers that we have gone to, etc. So you don't know any better. And, and I like this also at the end or toward the end of the letter that you and the others signed. Um, I hope Christianity Today will now tell us who they will support for president among the 2020 Democrat field. Because if this spokesman for all, all things Christian and all things evangelical, as he would have you believe that he is, or he and his editorial board are, uh, if they are right in judging Donald Trump morally unfit for the presidency, how will they choose from from Biden or Warren or Buttigieg or or Sanders or any of the rest of the pro-abortion set, the anti-religious freedom set, uh, the anti-women uh, uh, set, and uh, in, in all of the things that they represent? I really can't wait to see an article telling us how these people are morally fit for the presidency. Yeah, in, in other words... Here's, here's a rhetorical question. How is aiding and abetting a political power, excuse me, I'll say that again. How is aiding and abetting a political party that celebrates sodomy, encourages the execution of our youngest infants, demeans women by taking away their privacy and their dignity and their identity, tears down our sovereign borders, how is that the Christian thing to do? Because Christianity Today's 
editorial aids and abets a political party that does all of those things. So you tell me, Christianity Today, you tell me, Mark Galley, and you tell me, anybody who's listening out there who wants to demean Donald Trump and have him impeached and removed from office, how is that the Christian thing to do when you're handing power, you're handing power over to a political party that demeans your Christianity and actually works to take your freedom away to practice it in the public square? Yeah, that is exactly the question that I think they need to answer. Now, uh, Franklin Graham, uh, whose father, of course, founded this, has uh, has spoken out on this and said his father would absolutely disagree, would absolutely be here to support, defend, and vote for Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, he has said that Mark and the board and maybe just the entire newsletter or news magazine has become a left-wing political magazine rather than uh, one devoted to faith and voted to evangelicism and spreading the word, etc. Um, do you agree with that? Are they, and, and in fact, larger, Dr. Piper, you know, I'm a Catholic, and I can tell you that so many Catholic universities like DePaul and Xavier and, 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 and Georgetown, there's so many of them that have, have fallen off of uh, and, and gone away from teaching Catholic principles and, and long-held Catholic traditions and tenets, um, and, and they have morphed into left-leaning politics. Um, so it's not just evangelical Christians, it's not just the Catholic Church, it might just be the whole of, of, uh, of the, uh, you know, the Christian faith, I guess, that is turning leftward politically. Is that what happened with this magazine? I, I agree with Franklin Graham in large measure. Um, I, I won't bore you or anybody else with this, but I wrote my dissertation on this very issue when I was finishing my doctorate work at Michigan State University. So my dissertation is on the demise of evangelical Christianity and the lack of truth in advertising within the evangelical colleges and universities. In other words, they're not being true to what they claim to be in their marketing material. So I can I could bore you all silly with the history of evangelicalism and why it arose and why Christianity Today even existed. I know my history here. You know, Mark Galley, you're accusing us all of being dumb rubes without an education. Well, I've got one of them there degrees, too. And I'd like to talk to you about what my research, my doctoral research, proves with regard to the downfall of evangelicalism, which Christianity Today has become a symptom of and, in fact, a poster child of. Yes. I agree with Franklin Graham. Christianity Today has become a bastion of the evangelical elite, the smarter than vows, those folks that can tell you what you should believe and how you should act, and they will look down their nose at traditionalism and conservatism, because in their minds, that represents the uneducated class, the deplorables. Yes, I agree with Franklin Graham. By and large, that is true of Christianity today. Now, you probably have a writer or two who is conservative and orthodox. I'll give them that. But the overall trajectory of their magazine has been exactly like Franklin Graham describes, which is exactly like the liberal Catholic universities as well as the evangelical universities. They're all going down the same path. Dr. Piper, what recommendation would you offer uh, a sheep in, a, in the flock? who is looking for the shepherd to lead them, and instead they're getting this type of leadership from evangelicals. And this type of thing, quite frankly, again, I'll, I'll revert to Catholicism, because Pope uh, Francis yesterday in his, in his Christmas sermon uh, three times referenced migrants and our duty to, uh, to welcome all migrants, in other words, to essentially surrender our sovereignty. And I know he didn't say it just like that, but he, he has continued to be very much, again, left of center politically in his preaching. And Catholics, I don't know if all of us feel obligated 
obligated to follow the leadership of the shepherd or if we should look another way? Well, it's a Catholic priest, and I can't remember which one. You'll probably know, Bob. But here's a quote of a, of a Catholic uh, priest. Uh, wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous. Wolves in shepherd's clothing are downright deadly. And that Catholic priest is spot on. Wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous, but wolves in shepherd's clothing can be downright deadly. We need to recognize that it is not some man-made authority that is going to dictate what, uh, how the Bible should be changed. We need to recognize, in my view, this is my evangelical perspective, um, that the authority is in the Word. The authority is in the Word made flesh and dwelling among us. That's what Christi- Christmas is about. The authority is in the written Word of God, the living Word of God, the revelation of God. It's not my authority. It's not your authority. It is the authority that is immutable, unchangeable, enduring, inerrant in all time, and that is in the Word, with the capital W, the Logos, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us. Dr. Everett Piper, very brilliantly articulated as always. Thank you for signing that letter. Thank you for writing the column that you did, and thank you for sticking up for those of us who supported, who voted for, and who support President Trump. In spite of his moral failings, he has them, as do we all. We are all sinners, and uh, we are all seeking salvation. But thank you for standing up for those of us who believe that he is doing the right thing to help us. Blessings, Bob. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. We'll talk to you, that's right, in 2020 next Thursday. That's Dr. Everett Piper joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. And uh, we'll take your phone calls after the news right here on the Bob France Authority. At 1037, thanks so much for being with us. I mentioned this earlier, and I want to deliver it now. I got a chance to talk to Peter Kersenow, not during this show, but during the Hugh Hewitt show this morning. I had uh, Peter on early, and if you were not listening early, you get your treat of the day now. This is Peter Kersenow from this morning on the Hugh Hewitt show. And that's not it at all. What in the world happened to my audio? Well, I thought we had it. Let's gonna, we're going to try this again right here. Peter Kersnow, are you available? Hello, of course, sir. We celebrated the birth of Christ. It was Christmas Day. What does it mean to be a Christian? Um, and I think there are two different answers. Well, there may be many different answers to that. But one point of view is that of Christianity Today, uh, news magazine. Uh, that caters, of course, to Christians and evangelicals uh, to an extent. It was founded by uh, Billy Graham, uh, but is now run by a very different organization, one that Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, says does not stand for Christianity, but rather for far-left political ideology. They have written an editorial, which you uh, read, no doubt, headlined, Trump should be removed from office. They talk about all of his moral shortcomings, his character flaws, and they have already already uh, decided that he is guilty of what Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler say that he was guilty of as it pertains to the impeachment. Now we have on the flip side of that a response from 200 evangelicals who sent Christianity Today a letter uh, disavowing uh, virtually everything that they said about evangelicals and about Trump voters and uh, standing in strong solidarity and support for President Trump. Peter Kersenow, you have been a strong supporter of President Trump's. Tell me what you uh, what your takeaway is from the two different uh, points of view. Well, I, you know, it's interesting that uh, the left very often will seize upon something such as one's faith 
when it suits their purposes. And I don't mean to ascribe any ill motive to anyone, but uh, it's a, a function of, I think, a flawed analysis. What's interesting is, you know, you look at Trump in office and what he's done in office, and you won't find a greater friend to Christianity, to evangelicals, to religious of any stripe, uh, especially as compared to the previous administration. Uh, as far as matters of conscience are concerned, uh, Bob, I'm you know, entering my 19th year on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, and we've looked at issues related to religious discrimination, religious liberty, and so on and so forth. In fact, we had a, a, a full-blown hearing. It was a very expansive hearing just a couple of years ago with respect to the impingements on religious freedom, and they've been manifold and manifest for a number of years, alarmingly so in the last few years of the Obama administration. Uh, so you look at you know, the, the policy implications of what a leader may do versus his personal life, and we're all flawed human beings personally. I haven't seen anything that Trump has done. Uh, I mean, you know, you could be upset about his tweets, some of his language perhaps, but in terms of his behavior in office, and contrast that with some of our previous presidents, it's interesting that Trump should elicit this editorial from Christianity today as opposed to some of the others. When you look at his policies, one of the reasons why this guy is supported so strongly by evangelicals, more so, and there, I have no scientific analysis of this, but just looking at um, the responses that you've seen anecdotally from religious people, um, you know, this, this guy has been uh, a friend to religious folks in America and across the world of all stripes. Uh, especially when it comes to matters related to, you know, the appointment of judges, some of his policy prescriptions related to Title VI, Title, Title IX, um, uh, on and on and on. And at, on the uh, Commission on Civil Rights, what we found back in from at least the 2000s up until the Trump administration was a aggressive erosion of religious rights and freedoms uh, that came from the very top, from the federal government. Obamacare by itself was an incredible impingement upon the religious rights of the faithful. You look at the Little Sisters of the Poor and the contraceptive mandate, on and on and on and on. It goes, I mean, it's just truly extraordinary. And then when it comes to abortion, for example, there was, uh, you know, it, it, it's, I don't know if the uh, editor or the, the uh, head of Christianity today voted for Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, but when he was doing so, or if he did so, he was voting for the installation of scores of pro-abortion judges. Uh, and it's not just abortion. It's virtually every facet you can think of of religious faith and practice. So I understand why evangelicals are so staunchly in support in the main of uh, President Trump. He has been a great friend to evangelicals and religious people across the country. Peter Kirsten, now is our guest. He is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. One of the things that the um, evangelicals who wrote in response to Christianity, uh, Christianity Today said was, we're looking forward to the follow-up letter, the follow-up article, in which they declare which Democrat opponent of Donald Trump's that they support. And then we would like to see them apply their character test um, to Elizabeth Warren, to Bernie Sanders, to Pete Buttigieg, or anybody else who will indeed be, as you point out, uh, pro-choice, which means pro 
infanticide, who will indeed be anti-religious liberty, uh, as you know, as it pertains to uh, you know some of the uh, uh, cultural wars that are being fought right now with respect to uh, transgender rights and LGBTQ concerns, and how Christians are forced to give up their beliefs and their long-standing religious tenets in order to appease those organizations. How will Christianity Today, today approach that if they want Donald Trump out, who do they want in? Well, that precisely. Uh, take a look at any one of the crop of Democratic candidates and ask yourself which one would be a better friend to Christians or religious anywhere, uh, and not one of them will. You know, there are litmus tests now on the left with respect to religion. Uh, it, it's it's truly an extraordinary thing. The evolution has been going slowly for decades and decades, but it's someone put a foot on the accelerator of the progressive movement about six or seven years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago. What I had seen on the Civil Rights Commission is an overt hostility. I was surprised. I mean, I, I had asked for this hearing because I sensed that we were going off the cliff on this, uh, but even I was surprised at the depth of the animosity that the left has toward religious of all stripes, but especially Christianity. Uh, and that, that hostility is manifest in policy prescriptions. They have absolutely no compunction, for example, with respect to the contraceptive mandate of punishing the Little Sisters of the Poor, requiring them to take acts that are gravely in opposition to their deeply held beliefs. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing to see. And aside from religion, I mean, strike that, not aside from religion, it's a component of religion. There's an element of totalitarianism in there that's profound. It's what you saw and continue to see in totalitarian regimes. Donald Trump, as I said before, this guy is, in all indications, one of the great friends of religious everywhere, especially mm -hmm. evangelicals, it's a no-doubter. And you look at any one of the Democrats and their policy prescriptions, you indicated abortion. It's not, really, it, it, it's not simply abortion. It goes beyond that in the trend lines that we see toward assisted suicide and, and all manner of transhumanism. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's troubling, and Donald Trump stands toward history yelling stop. Such a great point. It is about more than abortion, and evangelical causes um, uh, certainly are, as you said, supported by President Trump. But the other thing, the other part of this that I find really amazing, they aren't just talking about his character when they call this 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 radical left editorial board with Christianity Today. They're not just calling for his removal on the basis of his character flaws. They literally have passed judgment on Ukraine. And, and they, in fact, I'll read this line for you here, Pete. And we'll probably have to wait till the other side for you to respond to it. But the, the, they write the facts in this instant are unambiguous. The president of the United States attempted to use his political power to coerce a foreign leader to harass and discredit one of the president's political opponents. This is not only a violation of the Constitution, but more importantly, it is profoundly immoral. So they literally have declared this could have come from the laptop of Adam Schiff rather than uh, uh, Mark Galley of uh, Christianity Today. I'll let you respond to that on the other, other side. Peter Kirstenau. Kirstenau continues with us. I am Bob Francis. All right, so this was my conversation with Peter Kersenow from this morning on the Hugh Hewitt program. And uh, I want to play the second half of that for you in a moment, but I want to squeeze in a phone call from uh, TJ in Cleveland before we take our next break. TJ, you're on the air, my man. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, that quote by Dr. Pfeiffer was amazing about uh, a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Boy, yes. are we seeing that now. I mean, I'm, we're seeing it all over. And, you know, I had it out with, I remember my parish pastor a little while ago, who's kind of, I believe, is a bit of a, a wolf in shepherd's clothing about illegal immigration and what would Jesus say. 
you know, and I told him, I said, Father, I know what Jesus would say because he already said it. And, you know, real smug, like, yeah, well, what did he say? I says, when they were trying to get him involved in politics and Roman taxes and stuff, what was his answer? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God's what is God's. And in America, Caesar says illegal immigration is illegal, period. And that's probably what he would say. He never once got involved with politics of the time. And the left is always trying to bring him up, like, into politics. What would he say? What would he do? Never once in his life did he involve himself in politics. He kept it to the kingdom of God, like our priests and ministers are supposed to do, instead get involved in the, uh, the daily politics that they seem to want to get involved with. But that's one of the greatest quotes I'm telling you, Bob, I think I ever heard. I do, too. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny. It's because it's the second time today that I've seen the first one was on social media. There was a Catholic priest on social media who was called out as being a false shepherd uh, in the same way for tweeting a picture of an empty nativity scene with only the animals. And it said, and I'm paraphrasing it because I'm trying to do it from memory. But the, uh, uh, the caption said something like, this is the nativity at a scene where there are no Jews, no immigrants, and no... Um, uh, and, an un- and an unmarried couple. And then it showed an empty, empty, you know, stable, uh, with, with just the animals around. And the, the inference being that Jesus, or that Joseph and Mary were not married, which was not true. The inference being that, uh, they were illegal immigrants, not true. They were returning to Bethlehem because that's where they had to go in order to uh, be counted. You know, they were doing the, 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 uh, first, um, uh, the first census, essentially. They had to go and quote unroll and be counted in their place of birth. So that's why they went there and that's why Jesus was born where he was. So, there are all kinds of faith leaders, sometimes Catholic church teachers, sometimes uh, uh, Christian leaders, uh, leaders of other faiths and, and other faith leaders as well, where they do involve themselves in politics and they are not honest about what their own faith says, but they are led not by God, rather they are led by their own political feelings of the day. And one real quick thing, if Jesus had been a uh, wolf in shepherd's clothing and got involved with the politics of the time, I'll tell you right now, the Romans would have wiped the Jews out of existence had he taken that course like a lot of our leaders are taking. I think that's a good point. Strictly, yeah, strictly to the kingdom of God, like I wish our priest and our pope would do in our church. Keep it's it one of the, the reasons of they... And get out of the politics. Yeah. That's one of the reasons they executed him, because the actual politicians were terrified of him, because they couldn't sway him. They couldn't make him become one of them and lean one way or the other. He just preached and just talked about the kingdom of God, which would actually usurp their own powers on earth, and that's why they were so terrified of him. TJ, thanks, my friend. Great phone call. I'm going to get a final final time out here and come back in with the last segment with Kirsten now before we're done here on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's a 10.53 short segment to wrap it up, and I want to use that for the second part of my conversation with Peter Kersenow this morning on the Hugh Hewitt program. United States Commission on Civil Rights, among many other hats that he wears. Peter, we're talking about the influence of religion on our politics and perhaps the uh, the interference of politics in our religions. And um, I want to kind of follow up on that with something that happened yesterday on Christmas uh, at the Christmas Mass conducted by the Pope, uh, the leader of the Catholic Church. And I want to do it with this context. Joe Biden 
has vowed on the campaign trail now to increase the number of immigrants into the United States legally. Um, that story followed up by a study that has been done by the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, showing that immigration, legal and illegal combined, is going to be uh, forcing the redistribution of 26 congressional seats from red uh, states to blue states. And then follow that up with yesterday, here comes Pope Francis essentially endorsing such moves three different times in his Christmas Mass sermon. He gave shout-outs to and support for migrants and suggestions that migration should be allowed in the United States almost limitless. Um, so there's obviously an intersection, once again, of our religion and our politics here as it pertains to immigration. There is, and I... Um We'll try to refrain from sending myself directly to hell by commenting about uh, the Pope on national TV, on national radio. Um, I am Catholic, um, and um, that's all I've got to say about that. But <laughs> with respect to uh, immigration, yeah, it is true. I think w- what we've been seeing, and you know, we've been waving our hands about this for quite some time because. The left and Democrats have been playing the long game here. As you saw with respect to the unbridled immigration in Europe, hey, these kinds of things have consequences. And countries have a right to control their borders, to have a methodical system of immigration, to protect their own interests and their own citizens. It's not just the, the um, citizens or the uh, residents of another country, how, uh, however that may be. Look, the, the fact of the matter is the United States is the most welcoming country in the world. We have an immigration system. We truly do. What we ask is that you abide by the terms of the immigration system. But the point that you made with respect to the political impact of it, For a long time, Republicans have been either oblivious or complicit with this effort on the part of the left, and it's a conscious effort on the part of the left to turn America overall blue, but various districts and and states blue, by having uh, substantial immigration, both legal and illegal. One of the reasons we had this battle with respect to the census, Bob, I mean, it still goes on, you know, uh, uh, President Trump wanted to have a citizenship question on the census, and the Democrats were just apoplectic about that, Right, is because there has been a conscious effort to change purple and red states into blue states by having mass immigration, both legal and illegal. Now, again, we've been waving our arms about this. No one's been paying much of attention, except for the state of Alabama actually brought a lawsuit related to this, because the apportionment of seats, the number of congressional seats you get under... Um, Article 1, Section 2 has to do with an enumeration of persons within any given area. It doesn't say citizens, all right? So one of the reasons why you have the Sanctuary City movement, and again, Republicans have been, uh, to a large extent, asleep at the switch about this, is that it it, uh, increases the number of immigrants, legal and illegal, in that area, that allows for a greater number of congressional seats there and then also greater power. It also accounts for a greater number of electoral votes also. This is one of the reasons why some Republicans are extremely concerned that Texas is turning purple and may eventually become blue, and, you know, Republicans are just happily, merrily going along with this. Some of them have. There have been a lot who've, I think, uh, understood the implications of this. But at a given point, and that point is coming soon, the electoral map is going to shift decidedly and to a large extent almost immutably in favor of Democrats, and some Republicans are going along with this because they think that, you know, they, I don't want to 
casting aspersions on them, but they think that uh, mass immigration is a good thing, and they're doing the bidding of certain individuals who have an interest in that, and uh, at the end of the day, Republicans are going to suffer, and America is going to suffer greatly. Ohio, under this, uh, the numbers the way they are now, Peter, Ohio would lose three uh, congressional seats in 2020 due to this. And California, blue California, would pick up 11, 11 more seats due to immigration patterns. Peter Kersenow, United States Commission on Civil Rights. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time. We'll be back right after this. All right, that was actually uh, back. We're not going to come back after this because we're wrapping up our show. That was my conversation with Kirstenau from this morning on the Hugh Hewitt program. So uh, I just wanted to make sure that you heard it in case you were not up early and listening during Hugh's program. So uh, that is going to do it for this edition of uh, the Bob France Authority. I appreciate Dr. Everett Piper who joined us earlier on. Read, I tweeted it, and I'll probably retweet it and Facebook it for your consumption when we're off the air. Dr. Piper article uh, in the Washington Times. He said Christianity today was wrong. We talked about this with uh, both him and with Peter Kirsten. Christianity today was wrong about Donald Trump, just as he was back in 2016. Uh, Dr. Piper was uh, staunchly opposed to Donald Trump for a lot of the same reasons Christianity says they are opposed to him today. The difference being Christianity today is wrong today. Dr. Piper has evolved, as have I as we have watched President Trump uh, be the strongest advocate for religious principles and religious freedom that we have seen in this country in a very long time. So that's it. Uh, Read that article if you would, and we'll talk about uh, the rest of the news tomorrow. I'll be in uh, tomorrow from 9 to 11, as always, and hosting the Sebastian Gorka program, too. So another five hours of conversation uh, tomorrow. For now, Mike Gallagher's next. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com